gather around friends new and old and welcome to the powwow podcast we have a very special week here for both phil and myself for one i just got a whole new recording setup and i'm finally able to use it because all the goodies have arrived you are currently seeing phil we're recording right we're recording the video as well yes yes but yes we are we are it's Yes. So you are seeing me now with big old headphones on instead of my little rinky-dink AirPods. And we got a whole new mic. It doesn't glow anymore, unfortunately, but you're probably (laughs) hearing me a lot more crystal clear than you normally do. And yeah, very exciting. And we are now recording. Phil, you want to take the rest? Yes. Now, again, this is all probably changes that are more exciting for me and David, more than you, the listener. But for us, it's exquisite. We now are using a different platform, a new way to record our podcasts. And for one thing, the biggest thing that will probably actually impact you, the listener, a little bit more is we are actually freaking able to hear the interludes in between us. Because before what we had had to do for, again, we'll, we'll pull back the curtain just slightly. We had, uh, David had to record on his end. I had to record on my end. He'd send me his. I'd go and, and doctor it all up. And at the end, I'd be adding, you know, the intro that you just heard. Maybe the uh, fireplace segue. Of course, you've come to know the tent assembly going before our main topic that'll end here. but. But we've now moved to a different platform. And because of this change, we are now not only able to record ourselves while we actually are talking, but on top of that, we're able to hear these segues, these intros, these little musical things. We'll be able to add and incorporate new fun little dings and dongs here later on. It's it's just very exciting, David. It's very exciting. Not, not too many dongs. Well, one big dong at least. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so but there you go we uh we hey, david, hope uh, we hope it improves the experience for you you the listener as well i should certainly think and hope so i i can't imagine how it would not but david i i would be remiss if i did not say in listening back and going back and editing last week's podcast i i finally i remembered and i saw that i I like a trash compactor gargled and took the entire beginning chunk of time for me and my wedding plans. Please <laughs> tell the people, take the time. The rest of the time is yours. How oh, was your week? My week. It was, well, it was okay. I I've, uh, I've been on, I've been on meds, which has meant that I can't drink alcohol, which is more just frustrating when you have friends over and everyone else is, talking about how delicious the wine and wine is and how it goes so well with the food and I'm there drinking water and (laughs) that's frustrating so but but otherwise I guess it's yeah it's been a good week lots of fun with my niece she's getting cuter and cuter by the day it's just absolutely amazing and very exciting the the NFL season started which is uh which is fun my second season that I'm really like fully into it and Phil you and I were matched up in, in <sighs> fantasy football, and <laughs> I was and hoping me, we could get newbie, past this. The newbie, I absolutely destroyed you. You did. You did. Yeah, on it, your it home was, turf. It, yes, uh, yeah, of course, for whatever little that matters. But, but uh, <laughs> I will say, if we're going to get down into the weeds just a little bit before we move along here, um, 
it, you, you had an impressive outing. You even got a couple zeros from your team, and you still managed to squeak out the W to my team. Thank you, mm. Matt Ryan, for nothing. You screwed me over, not by the performance you put forth for yourself, but also for what you did with Kyle Pitts or the lack thereof in for- terms of production. Thank you oh so much. Well, anyway, thank you so much to both the L.A. teams for for rocking the house over the weekend. Very exciting. Looking forward to the rest of the season. If you And if you hate sports, then good news. That's it for sports for now. <laughs> It is time for our main topic, and we are thrilled to be joined by a good friend of mine, uh, Shawnee, Shawnee Kurth. Uh, welcome to Pow Wow. Thank you so much for joining us today. And we are very excited to have you to be talking about not only the book that you have authored, but really authorship in general, in, in all in all. It's a pretty steep category to go on, yeah, but thank you but for, thank you for joining us, Shawnee. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Shawnee, I think I'll start us out, if it's all the same to you, David, on on the first of our many questions that we'll be covering here during this interview. First of all, I want to know, as with any passion career, I feel, and uh, author being an author really does fall underneath that umbrella, uh, I always want to know, what was that first time that you felt compelled to write stories down, or your own, or, or for the characters that you create? When was that that spark of ingenuity where you thought that this felt right when you started to write out your thoughts on paper? So it's actually kind of funny. So I started writing little books when I was a kid. I would write little short stories. I would never finish them, but I would get like halfway through a book and then I would just never go back to it. It was about a year ago that I came across another author on TikTok who was talking about how she wrote out her life story and that was her way of sharing it with people. That was the way that felt most authentic to her was sharing her story through a book. And I thought back to all the times when I was a kid and I would start these little stories and I was like, you know what? I want to do that. Like I want to share my story through a book because that just feels like the easiest way for me to get it out. I'm really good at expressing my thoughts through writing more so than speaking, I feel like, just because that's what I grew up doing. So seeing somebody else do that really sparked me to want to do it too. Shawnee, we've never met. And so I should preface this by saying that I am probably the worst person in the world to interview an author because I only really just recently learned how to read. But uh, I'm curious, when you were in high school <laughs> in English class, did you excel in English class or were you more so of a secret genius? I actually genius? did really well in English class. That was my biggest strength. Math, not so much. Science, not so much. But English definitely was more my strength. Good. And so of of those novels that most people were assigned to read at some stage throughout school, which ones stood out to you as your favorites and which ones were complete wastes so, of time? I remember really loving Lord of the Flies. I don't know if it's just because that unit was really interesting or it's because I really like the book, but that was probably one of my favorite books yes. in high school. Yeah, love Lord of the Flies. And I have to say, and I know a lot of people 
are going to disagree with me on this because it's classics, but I'm not a fan of Shakespeare. I, I don't like Hamlet. I don't like Romeo and Juliet. I like the plays. Yeah. I oh. know. I know oh. I like the plays. I don't like reading like the actual story. Shawnee, if I may, uh, we went to the same school. That's partly how we know each other from a past life. This all sounds yes. directly like Miss Richards. Yes. Is that is that where all this literature and, and Will Shakespeare hate comes from and all this? Because yes, these exactly. sound exactly like my notes from high school. Yeah. Shout out. Shout out to to Miss <laughs> Richards. We hope you're listening. You inspired in spite of what you taught, Miss Richards. <laughs> Shawnee, my last question here. When was the moment where you felt the dream of becoming published became real? Was it after you had that initial meeting with a publisher, after signing something, maybe a contract or something, when you got that, or perhaps when you got that first copy of the book you wrote in your hands, you can feel it, you can open it, so you can smell it. So I think the moment that becoming a published author really became real to me was when somebody bought my book who wasn't a family member. Because, you know, up until that point, I had written the book, I had done all the work into putting it out, and only my family members had mm. bought it and read it. And then I had someone reach out to me on Facebook who they weren't even my Facebook friend. They weren't connected to me really in any way. And they sent me a message and said, hey, I came across your book and I just wanted to let you know I really enjoyed it. And that for me was when I was like, oh, this is real now. You know, this isn't just like a sympathy read from a family member, you know, like trying to be supportive. Like this is actually somebody buying my book and reading it. And I thought that was really exciting. So I think that was the moment for me. So if we move on to the story, the, the book that you've actually published here, uh, it's called uh, The Shadow of the Steeple. You were so kind enough to, uh, to let us read a preview of your book, as well as there's a preview on Amazon. Go check it out and, and make sure to perhaps even buy it if you so feel inclined, you, you the listener. Uh, but about the story itself, do you find yourself in this story or most of the stories you write? And if not, do you base any of the characters on people you know in real life? And how do they react to the knowledge of knowing you wrote about so, them? Yeah, so all of the stories that I've written, this one especially, is very similar to real life. Obviously, all names were changed. Some events were changed. But all of the characters were based on people that I actually knew that were my friends, people that were in my life. A couple of people I did end up telling that they were characters in the book. And they actually already knew before I even told them. Like, they read the book and they approached me and said, hey, was I this character? Like, was this inspired by me? And I was like, oh, yeah, of course. So that was kind of exciting for them just reading the book to automatically know the real life details and real life people that were inspired by that. Did you base the main character on anybody specific or was that a little bit more, maybe you can't even say out on a public forum here, but just curious, is it based on yourself or based on someone So the main specific? character, I would say 80% was based on myself and my own personal story. But I would say about 20% of it was taken from stories that I've heard from my friends over the years that kind of tied in with it. How long was the writing process for you? Because I, I, I remember an interview or a, a talk that was co-given by Stephen King and George R.R. R. Martin 
Stephen King, who famously turns out like a book every six months or something, and George R. R. Martin, who has taken 10 years to write his uh, next Game of Thrones universe novel. Uh, how long was the writing process for you? So you guys are going to think this is so crazy. It actually took me two weeks to write the entire book. It took me about three weeks to edit it um, because I really wanted to make sure everything what? was right. So it actually wow. took me longer to edit the book than it did to write it. <laughs> wow. Well, I, I guess that that brings me to my my next question here. How many rough drafts came before the final product we came to read today? Or I guess in your editing process, how how many versions of within that those what three weeks you said? How long? How many of them did you come up to? Were you just like, here, try this out? No, still something funky about it. Bring it back to the workshop. So my editing process, I kind of sat down and I wrote out the entire book. I didn't really focus too much on grammar, sentence structure, things like that. I just wanted to write, get it out, get the book done. I would say I self-edited about four different versions, taking parts out. I took out entire chapters. I added in chapters. Then I had three different readers that I sent the book to. I got their thoughts on the characters, the plot, asked for plot holes, things that didn't make sense. And then I took it back revised those edits, did another grammar check, sent it back to them, had them read it over. So it was really a lot of going back and forth, just making sure that everything made sense and there was no points in the plot that would confuse people. And also making sure I didn't have a million grammar errors because I know for me, if I read a book with a lot of grammar errors, I'm putting it down immediately. So I didn't <laughs> want that in my book. That's that's understandable. Speaking about what you want and don't want in your book, how difficult was crafting the ending for you? You don't have to give away what the ending is, but more so just how long did that idea take you? Because did you always know where the journey was going to end? Or are there other avenues you decided not to explore concluding the story? It sounds like it's more based off of a real thing. So maybe it was already predetermined for you, just how you wanted to word it? Yeah, so I'll be honest. I wrote the ending before I wrote anything else. Like, I already knew how I wanted it to end. So I wrote that, and then I kind of built the story up to the ending. There's a long, a long-standing argument whether, whether when you're crafting a story to know the destination before you set out on the journey, or you set out on the journey and find where you go along the way. I think that's a big argument among storytellers everywhere. But uh, mm -hmm. good that you, good that you knew it, you had it solid. I think that's probably the better, better strategy. So, Shani, does the shadow of the steeple encourage you to stay within familiar territory when pursuing your next literary piece? Do you want something that's pseudo fiction, pseudo on the border of what it re really is, and you know, all names need to be changed, or do you find yourself wanting to go in an altogether different direction? You know, talking about hobgoblins and elves invading a forest full of squirrels, you know, and and conquering the land, or some something like that. Where where, where do you feel inclined to go for your next story? So my next story, I do want to do another like realistic fiction story, but I do also have story ideas that are a little more out of the realm, a little more fiction-based, kind of exploring the imagination a little bit more. So I definitely do want to get into that because 
I feel like those are really exciting, like crafting worlds and crafting characters and kind of branching outside of reality. So I definitely want to dive into that as well. A good tagline question here. Would you rather write a screenplay to be made into a feature film or have someone else adapt one of your novels into a screenplay to make a feature film? Ooh, that is a really tough question. I almost think that I want to say I would rather write the screenplay for the feature film because if there's one thing I noticed when I was writing this book, especially with it being something that was kind of based off of my own story, I was really personally attached to my work. Like when I would have my betas come back and say, hey, I feel like you should take this out. I feel like this isn't that interesting. It was hard for me to not feel like it was kind of a personal attack because it's like, oh my God, that's not interesting, but that's my life. Like I lived that. So I think for me, (laughs) having someone adapt my work and saying, hey, something's not interesting. We're going to take that out. People won't like that. They won't care about that. They won't care about that character that, you know, was based off of my high school best friend. I think that would be kind of hard for me. So I think I would prefer to write the screenplay. (laughs) Fair enough. Is there anywhere in the world where you hope that writing will take you, whether it be a cabin in Canada to to write more in a more secluded environment or or on a book tour through, I don't know, Australia, whatever it may be. Is there anywhere in the world that you hope that writing takes you? I would like to, once, you know, travel is back up and we don't have COVID slowing things down, shutting things down. I would like to do more travel through Europe and have adventures there to write about. I feel like just having a different scene, a different setting, a different atmosphere would really inspire me to write better, different books. So I would like to, if not Europe, at least leave, you know, the continental United States and just kind of write from a different perspective. Shawnee, for my last question here, I think it's safe to assume that most authors of any genre would love to be as accomplished as to become published as you have. After hitting that pinnacle, what will be the next mark of success for you in your career? So for me, I would say having more than one book published is really monumental for me and for a lot of other authors you really don't see success until you have three, four books published. I've heard that from a lot of authors that I've been speaking to. They said, yeah, like you'll see some success with your first book, but people don't really start to recognize you as an author until they've been able to read a few of your books and they're feeling attached to you. They're feeling attached to your style of writing, your characters, things like that. So for me, feeling really accomplished as an author will be having those three or four books out and having people be familiar with me as an author and not just one book that I've written. Shawnee, are you writing anything at the moment? Yes. So right now I'm working on another book. I'm hoping to have it out by the end of this year. Um, I did end up moving kind of unexpectedly, which threw me back a little bit, unfortunately. The end of this year. End of this year is the hope. <laughs> the end of this year. The last one took. Where's Where's that two week? I know. Two what week happened timeline? to the, the two on. week crunch over here? The end of this year. 
I know. And I was <laughs> It's gonna be an I anthology. was doing so good too. Like I was really cranking it out. I was getting really far. And then I decided to move. And moving just throws a wrench in everything. I think now that I'm settled in, yeah. it'll look really a little does. better. As soon as you take a step back from something like that, then all of a sudden it take it gets so hard to get back into it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's something that a lot of artists share. You know what, Shawnee? This has been phenomenal. I'm curious, would you be open, and feel free to say no, uh, would you be open to coming back sometime in the, in the future, maybe maybe after you finish book number two, and judging a story contest between me and David in the future? You know, you provide us some basic character names, uh, a setting, and a story, and then me and David would do our literary best to impress you and the powwow audience and uh, you, you could help judge whose story was better. Oh, would I, you be willing to do that for us? I would be so down for that. I'm really excited to see what you guys can come up with. Maybe you guys can end up being published authors. Oh, that, that, well, <laughs> yes, we have a connection. We have an, a, a person <laughs> on the inside right here. So, all right. Well, speaking of, we got a person on the inside. Let's close this up. We'll move along through the rest of the podcast. But then we'll come back for a game. Sound all right, Shawnee? You can help play a game with us? Yeah, that sounds great. Let's do it. May I help you? You talking to me? I need to talk to you. A little word of advice? You're welcome. You're welcome. Oh, you're welcome then. This is You're Welcome. This is the second time we're featuring this segment on the show. And essentially, this is unsolicited advice. Advice that no one asks for, no one needs, but we're going to give it to you anyway. Phil, why don't you take it first? Yes, of course. If you want to work towards becoming ambidextrous, here's a nice juicy tip for you. If you're not in Europe and have to clean up the mudslide, use the other hand to build strength and dexterity. You're welcome. (laughs) If you're ready to take a new step romantically, and you're talking to someone new and they ask you for your Snapchat instead of your phone number, just move on. Move on with your life. You're better than this. Come on. You can thank me later. You're welcome. So we move along to once more. I, at this point, it now will have been two episodes ago, David. Correct me if I'm wrong. But two episodes right. ago, yes, we were joined by Nick, my uh, good friend. Uh, and of course, we had a fantasy draft. So if you have not listened to that already, go back and listen to that. We've, we've got a, we got that about two episodes ago, and we have all the results here. But we did produce on our promise to bring you, the listener, the audience, and to help determine with us who the winners of these drafts were. We each, Nick, David, and myself, all brought forth a styled draft. And we now have the results two episodes later. dun da 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 and yeah, simply, uh, simply by virtue of the fact that we moved our, our release day to Friday meant that the timing just meant that we, we, we had to delay this, the results by, by a week instead of bringing them to you last week. But uh, we can now reveal. So we obviously, if you follow us on social media, which you should at powwow underscore podcast, you would have seen that we put out several polls uh, regarding the draft and we have the results for you. <gasps> How very exciting. Now, can you, uh, I have not looked at these, David. You have. So if I may, can you bring up the the category and based off of those, just a quick overview of, of the of the options for each person and I'll let you know who I would have thought would have won. 
Sure. Yeah, that's a good idea. All right. So first category was Arnold Schwarzenegger movies. Mm-hmm. Now we had Phil draft the Terminator, Jingle All the Way, and Batman and Robin, where Arnold Schwarzenegger plays Mr. Freeze. So Jingle All the uh, sorry, Batman and Robin scored five votes. Well, wait, hold on. Give me the other. Give me the other options, and I'll. Oh yes. Okay, that's right. No so, more clues. <laughs> yes, absolutely. All right. Absolutely. Nick. Where did Nick do? Nick drafted twins. He drafted True Lies and Junior. I drafted Predator, Terminator 2, and Kindergarten Cop. If I had to guess, just based off of those quick options here, and we'll we'll speed up here as we go along, I would have to guess your draft, David, the one starring Terminator, or excuse me, starring Predator and Terminator 2, won the day on this draft. We now go into the individual results. Kindergarten Cop, we'll start down at the bottom here. Kindergarten Cop scored seven votes. Terminator 2 scored six votes. And... Predator scored four votes, leaving my total at 17 yes votes. Phil, Terminator scored nine votes. Jingle All the Way scored three votes, bringing your total to 12. And then Batman and Robin scored five votes, which brings your total to 17 as well, which brings us us to a tie. Now, uh, unfortunately, unfortunately, Nick's uh, draft... Did not score nearly as well. Two votes for Junior, five votes for True Lies, and for Twins, a mere three votes, which brought his total to 10. 10? Yes, 10. Yes, good uh, good. So math there you there. go, 10, I, unfortunately. <laughs> I think even Nick here. himself knew, as he was drafting this particular draft, he had said, with all forthright, he said he has to draft with his heart. But he knew that that this would not be the most popular draft. So it's intriguing that you and me come away with a tie. Well, unfortunately, I have to give you the win because I did vote twice with both my Instagram accounts. So there you go. Uh, fair enough. All right. I will take so there the you go. win. Wow. Phil I'm has a- the win in the first category. Woo-woo. And luckily enough, the rest will be much easier. Now, we did. We took the same strategy here. With uh, with the best uh, best cast actors, perfectly cast actors in certain roles. Now, they all got huge numbers of votes. 32, 32, 33, 34. Wow. Just insane numbers of votes uh, for each of these. So we took a different, uh, different uh, approach to it. We asked you guys to vote for each collection each person's draft i drafted heath ledger as the joker ian mckellen as gandalf and jeff goldblum as dr ian malcolm in jurassic park phil you drafted robert downey jr in iron man robin williams as the genie in aladdin and julie andrews as mary poppins nick drafted robin williams as mrs doubtfire Matthew Lillard as Shaggy in the live-action Scooby-Doo, and Christopher Lloyd as Doc Brown. Which one do you think scored highest here? 
I believe that this action, this one, I would go the complete opposite. I think I came up to a ta- uh, second. I think because you gave us the votes, I'm going to go with that. I went second to Nick's winning. Nick actually scored very uh, much last. He got three wow. votes as at, for his collection. I got eight votes, and you got ten. Wow, ten uh, you votes. Know what it is? So I th- I think aggregates it had people be given a second place vote. Nick would have scored and fared a lot better, uh, but it was I think number one would have been between us. Uh, that's where that's where I it think came in. I think the big one here is is Robert Downey Jr.'s Iron Man. He, he's that's just true. it's just still so current. So for today's audience, it definitely definitely was the winner. Yeah, all right, buddy. Now we move on. Well done. So you've you've won. Two so far. So far. Uh, you are hands down the winners already. The next one was Christmas movies. Now, now Nick drafted The Grinch, How the Grinch Stole Christmas with uh, Jim Carrey. Mm-hmm. Miracle on 34th Street. Is that the one? Yes, yes. that is. And Elf. I drafted <laughs> Home Alone, Die Hard, and Love Actually. And Phil, you drafted A Christmas Carol. Nightmare Before Christmas and a Charlie Brown Christmas. Chris, Merry Christmas, Charlie Brown. Which one do you think took the bacon? I think Nick won this one as well. I think you finished like a really bad third just because I, I personally like your list, but I don't think the general audience would appreciate it as much. I could be wrong, but I think that, <laughs> I think that that's where it is. All right. Well, th- we definitely got some messages of uh, frustration at the inclusion of Love Actually. <laughs> but you are quite wrong again. Uh, I got 11 votes to your nine. Oh, no, wow. so, sorry, to Nick's, Nick's nine and your eight. So you so, won. I won. I won one. Nice. Congratulations. Victory. It might have been Die Hard. Die Hard is so versatile that a lot of people who also, love it want it. Home Alone. Most of our audience oh, being right. of a similar age to us. Home Alone was was Christmas when we were growing up, right? Home Alone, you're right. It's that just does, so. That's a good MVP. Now, Die Hard definitely appeals to to some people, you know, especially like I love Die Hard. It's, it's probably my second favorite Christmas movie, but Home so Alone. So there we go. We have all the winners from two weeks ago. Thank you so much for participating. Thank you, David, for coming in second, and Nick. Thank you for joining us on the episode. <laughs> And we welcome Shawnee Kurth back for our game of the week here. Thank you so much for coming back and, and playing a little game with us. Well, actually, two little games here, Shawnee. Uh, since you are my guest, I will let David explain the game right after we get to know you a little bit more by asking you three questions that don't really have to do with the main topic, just just kind of getting to know you, Shawnee Kurth, the person. So, David, why don't you go ahead and ask Shawnee your question? Shawnee... As someone who is a big world traveler, I always like to ask people, if I can, where's the best place you've ever been? What, where's the, for vacation or if you live there, where's the best place that you've ever been in your life? Hands down, best place I've ever been was Yellowstone. If you guys have never been, you have to go because it's beautiful and you're forced to disconnect because you have no cell phone service. It really is an amazing place to go. Yellowstone. I can't. Have you ever been, David? I've never been. I have never been. No, I, I've 
though all those flyover states, uh, I have only ever <laughs> been the southern ones because that's the the route I chose to drive um, when I did my cross country trip. Fantastic. Yes, we'll have to make a note of it because <laughs> Shawnee said. All right, I will go next. My random question, Shawnee. It's a good one. What food slash meal would you say you eat the most or have eaten? I guess I should ask you since you're an author. Eaten, ate the most in your life? Which which <laughs> would you say? I would say the food I've eaten the most is honestly just like a good old classic grilled cheese. I feel like I've never turned one down. I'm never not in the mood to have a grilled cheese. And I always have the ingredients oh. for it in my <laughs> Amen. fridge. Yes. Yes. Amen. <laughs> Yeah, so definitely just the classic bread, cheese, butter, done. So simple. But for me, it would be pretty close mm. to grilled cheese or quesadilla. Same version, just across the border. All right, David, you have an interesting little uh, little yeah, nuance so we, to this week's so question. Instead of a, a third question or a second question from me, we thought we'd make things a little bit more interesting here. We invited the listener to submit some questions. We got a lot. And I don't think we really have time to go through all of them or even multiple of them. We'll just do, we'll pick one at random. What's the world's next greatest invention? Ooh, that's a good question. World's next greatest invention. Let me think about this one. Unfortunately, I think a grilled cheese maker is already invented. Oh, gosh. What would you guys say? I need to think about this one. David, mm. would you care to go first? <laughs> well, I, you know, maybe if I'd been thinking this whole time, but I haven't because uh, the pressure was off me, <laughs> but now it's on. I don't know how we haven't come up with flying cars yet. I mean, how, I, as an engineer, that that seems strange to me. I feel like that should be something that people are actually working on. I mean, there's the roads are so congested. Why are we not trying to fly with our cars? Oh, boo. Boo, I say. That's so blasé. Here, I'll give you I'll give you a real one. Real one is going to be either, either, a same, same device, but for different uses. It's either going to be an instrument, like almost like a selfie stick, but you stick it to the bottom and it curls in and it'll get you whatever you want from a vending machine without having to pay. Because I feel like if you can get it, it's free. There we go. Same idea with the claw, with like the claw games. It goes in through the bottom. You can plop up and pick out whatever teddy bear you want. Now that, that, David, is the world's next greatest invention. Take that, <laughs> Mr. Flying Car. I mean, I'm pretty sure that already exists. You just have to buy one. But it's not mass marketed, David. <laughs> yeah, but that's level, because man. you, you want to use it for stealing. It's not stealing. It's taking. Oh. Shawnee, have we given you enough time? So I think I have one. I know it is kind of ripping off the movie click, but they really need to come up with a remote where you can pause real life, you can mute in real life, you can do all that stuff because instances like this or anytime I'm doing a Zoom call and my dog starts barking, I would love if I could just press the little mute button on the remote and like you couldn't hear her bark anymore. Like that would be so amazing. So if anyone can figure out how to do that, I would pay good money for it. <laughs> Amen, Shawnee. Amen. You mentioned a dog on the podcast. Everybody wants to know, though. What's the dog's name? 
Her name is Fern. She is a one-eyed chihuahua, so she gets all of the sympathy points. Yeah, no kidding. Wow. Yeah, wow. <laughs> Only thing she's missing is is a loss of a leg, I suppose. All right, David, go ahead and introduce the game to the listening audience. You know, audience. it's almost like that didn't need to be said, Phil. <laughs> all right, so this game is <laughs> is uh, a very... So sometimes we when we do something like last week where that was obscenely complex and, and long... We like to bring it back to basics, back to simplicity. So this is, we're coming back with a higher or lower game. Essentially, there will be a statement accompanied by a number. That number will be incorrect. And uh, you, the competing pair, will have to determine whether the correct answer is higher or lower than the number that was stated. Does that make sense to both of you? Yes. Yes. Good. Okay. So, Phil, do you do you have a preference on who goes first here? I do not. Shawnee, why don't you go ahead and tell us who you want to face first in the Battle Dome? All right. Well, since this is my first time talking to you, David, you'll be my first my first opponent. Okay. I thought she was going to be so bold on. as to say my first victim. <laughs> but it's all right. Opponent <laughs> is respectful. Respect the opponent. All right. I will start first with my higher or lower slate of questions here we go shawnee we will start with you first i have a list of the best-selling authors of all time and i shall have an assortment of questions pertaining to them first on the list is rl stein he's one of america's best-selling authors but has he sold higher or lower than 50 million copies of his books higher or lower than 50 million copies shawnee Hmm. I think I need to go with higher. She goes with higher. David, do you follow suit? I think I'm going to go with higher as well, actually. Yes. So you both are saying the exact same thing, and you both are absolutely correct. Higher, it is 100 million, so double it, and you are in the realm, in the realm of how many copies of his books have been sold. Next, we move along to... Agatha Christie. She is best known for her detective novels, but has she sold higher or lower than 110 million copies of her books? David, we go to you first. 110 million copies. 110. You see, I went, you cut out for a second. I only heard 10 million and I was really tempted to, well, I was going to say higher, surely. (laughs) Uh, 110 million copies. I think I'm going to say higher we'll just we'll just go higher why not he goes higher shawnee would you like to follow the path that david has set for you or go lower i think i'm gonna go lower 110 million is is a pretty big number she goes lower and 110 is a pretty big number but not as big of a number as two billion copies which is what agatha christie is attributed to remember She exists in the land before the internet, so I'm sure more physical copies were sold then. Also, she's been around for much longer than I'm sure R.L. Stein. So, with a score of 2-1, to David is currently in the lead, but Shawnee goes first and can set the tone for the next question, which pertains to Roald Dahl. He is a beloved novelist, but how many books are attributed with his authorship? Higher or lower than 99 books, Shawnee? How many books has he written? Higher or lower than 99? 
I'm going to say lower is my guess. She says lower. David, are you going to follow Shawnee mm. or are you going to go opposite of her? 99 is an awful lot. I think I will follow suit and go lower. You both went the same way, and yet again, it's worked out for both of you. David keeps a hold of his three to two lead, as you both were correct in saying lower. He has only authored about 50 books. Who knew? Uh, next, we go to Shawnee's favorite author, Bill Shakespeare, or William, if you want to be correct about it. Uh, he needs no introduction, but how many books are attributed to him? Is it higher or lower than 49? David, we'll start with you here. 49. Oh, we're talking plays? I have it written as books. I know it's written a little weird, okay, but we're going to go remember. with I don't think books. he actually wrote any books. I am pretty sure that I actually know the answer, and I think it's lower than 49. Okay, Shawnee, what would you care to do here? I think I'm going to have to go higher because I know he's written a lot. So she says higher. Unfortunately, that does bring us to David's defining victory here by putting it at uh, lower. And he only has authored 42 pieces of work. 49. See, being, I thought it was like, I think it was, I thought it was like either 42 or 43. Yes. Yeah. 40, 42 being the correct one. David wins uh, with four, securing his victory over Shawnee. But Shawnee will go to the last one here just for poops and giggles here. Uh, how many books are authored by Stephen King? Is it higher or lower than 66? Higher or lower? Shawnee, you first. Oh. I think I'm going to say lower. Phil, can I? She's going to go lower. Uh, David, I I guess I guess by by virtue of that, Phil, you lose access to your skipping stone because I had the same question prepared for today. Oh, okay, cool. That is a powwow first, I think. Yeah, it is a powwow first. We've never come to the table with uh, the exact yeah. same questions especially never discussing what our higher or lowers are about uh but david well, i guess then that at means least that you it wasn't uh yeah yeah at least it wasn't uh, off the I, top i guess that means that um yes uh at least i prepared an extra one uh, i yes. guess and yes i think shawnee you said lower which would be correct it's 63 oh the number of novels I have, that i have 77 david i have 77 now i said published novels and I said he also has books. has nonfiction things, and he has collections and screenplays. So that's probably and... that's probably where the others are are coming into town. There, so. I guess so. But published novels, the correct answer is sixty three. Anyway, anywho, regardless, um, <laughs> regardless, <laughs> we can move on to. Yes, we may. We can. David, you have won uh, in a score of four to two. Shawnee, you have lost this first one, but I sincerely hope that you don't get a W against me. So there's that. David, go ahead and give us the game. <laughs> all right. So mine is all about Stephen King. And oh. yeah, so my first question is completely spoiled and ruined and gone. <laughs> it was the number of novels that Stephen King has published. I was going to ask you whether it was higher or lower than 55. The correct 
answer would have been higher. It is 63. But anyway, we move on to question two or question one now, I guess. <clears throat> it. It has been Stephen King's second longest novel so far. The longest was The Stand at 1152 pages. Is the number of pages in it higher or lower than 1,000? So we'll go to Shawnee first then. Is the number of pages in it higher or lower than 1,000? Remember, his longest novel, The Stand, was 1,152 pages. I would say it is higher, would be my guess. Shawnee says higher than 1,000 pages. Phil, what do you think? Wow. Numbers suggest that I should go lower. The problem is, is I know how freaking thick it is. Oh, um, she thick. Oh, she thick with two C's. And that's the problem <laughs> oh, is yeah. that I know. I've, I've seen it. I've held it in my hands. I, oh God, I, there's nothing more in this world that I want to do. I'm going to go with lower. I am <laughs> going to go with lower. I don't know if, if anyone just tuned in and heard she thick and, and, and Phil saying, oh, I know. I, I mean, I've even held it in my hands. <laughs> <laughs> Phil, you said lower. I did say lower. Okay. Phil, you said lower. Shawnee, you said higher. The correct answer is 1,138 pages and a close second to the stand. So Shawnee takes an early lead here. Now, our next question. Stephen King has published some novels under the pen name Richard Bachman. Is that number of novels higher or lower than 12? And Phil, this time, you first. I'm going to go with lower. I don't think his ego needs that. I think his ego is too big to have that many unassociated wor uh, works of art attributed to him. I'll go with under. Sure, sure. Uh, solid logic. Shawnee, what do you think? I think I have to agree with that. I think I want to say lower because a Stephen King novel is going to sell more than a novel under a pen name. You are both absolutely correct. 12 was too high. The correct answer is seven. He released seven novels under the pen name Richard Bachman. Bachman? Bachman? I don't know. Just when you think he's left us. Be. He's Bachman. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It, the 2017 film, worldwide box office gross, is it higher or lower than $1 billion? And Shawnee, we're coming to you first. I gotta say that it's gotta be higher, because I know it really brought in a lot of money. So you're okay. going higher, Shawnee? Yeah, I'm going higher. Shawnee, you, you went higher on that one? Yeah, I'm going higher. I think so too. I, yeah, I, my logic remains here that I, I know it obviously demanded a sequel and I know that it was a big commercial success. I, I know it didn't go nearly as well as like Avengers, but that's in the hundred billion mark. I think it did surpass the billion mark. So I too will follow in Shawnee's footsteps. I will go over or higher than one billion. One billion is, is definitely seen as a big, a, a big, um, milestone. A big milestone for the box office of any film. And 
It Chapter 1, 2017, grossed 701, 702, sorry, $701.8 million. So there you go. You The score stands 2 to 1 in favor of Shawnee. And we move on to the next question. The number of Academy Award nominations received, not wins, nominations received by The Shining in 1980. Is it higher or lower than 1.5? Damn you. Oh, damn you. Um, and I believe we're going to to Phil first. Yeah. Man, that's right there. I can't even say my logic because I don't want to give away any information to Shawnee here. So I will go. <laughs> oh, God, man. I'm going to go with higher over. or lower. Yes, higher. Okay, you say higher, higher than 1.5 nominations. Higher Shawnee, what I, do you think? Yeah. It's got to be higher. I got to say higher. All right. You both said higher. And uh, you're both wrong. It got zero nominations. What? <laughs> oh, I actually I thought it, I thought the safe one was Jack Nicholson. When I was looking it up, that was my thought too. And uh, nope, it got zero nominations. Oh man! <laughs> wow, that was shocking. Yeah. I, I would have thought it would have gotten best uh, adapted screenplay along with my my uh, assumptions Jack for nominations would have been would have been yeah perhaps best adapted screenplay would have been best actor for Jack Jack Nicholson. And potentially best director, possibly for Kubrick. But anyway, our last question, and we will have to go to Shawnee, Shawnee. first because Shawnee, you still hold a two to one lead. The Green Mile did receive Academy Award nominations, but how many Academy Awards did it win? Dang it! Obviously, all of these. Just to just to be clear, we're still on Stephen King. These are all adapted uh, Stephen King. Uh, novels so how many did it win is it higher or lower than 3.5 i think i want to say lower because now i'm scared by that last one (laughs) all right shawnee goes lower phil let me think about this i know what's his name one for best supporting actor i mean i have to pick higher no matter what but i'm just trying to see if i can at least reason my way into this and feel somewhat good i don't think ah i think tom hanks got nominated but he didn't win i think i got best director maybe even cinematography with those special effects with the flies coming out of his orifices so i'm gonna go with i'm gonna go with higher and feel slightly confident about this and force a tiebreaker It was nominated for Best Supporting Actor, uh-huh. Best Picture, uh-huh. Best Adapted Screenplay, uh-huh. and Best Sound Mixing. You're it right. It won zero of those. <laughs> I didn't even break my chair here. Yeah, Shawnee was right to be scared. <sighs> it was, uh, yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm curious. Uh, Shawnee, you win. You have come away with a win. Three to one well done congratulations i want i want it i want you guys to take it a gander at at this tiebreaker because this is not the tiebreaker that i've had for weeks this is a stephen king themed tiebreaker what is the runtime of dr sleep 2019 oh come on Uh, closest closest wins well not wins but yeah 
I guess I would have forced the tie, so I would go first. Uh, I, I'm going to guess it's got to be at least like, it's a long one. It's Stephen King, so it's got to be like two hours at least, uh, two hours and 40 minutes. So that's 120, uh, 160, 160 That minutes. would be 160. Yeah. Yes. Shawnee, what do you reckon? You know what? I'm going to shave 30 minutes off of that and say 130. You're saying 130, uh, 130 minutes. minutes. So that would mean that Phil, you would have won because the correct answer is 152. You were eight minutes away, and <gasps> Shawnee would have been means nothing, <laughs> but I love it. Would have been 22 minutes away. So, congratulations, Phil. You <laughs> clawed back some pride for sure. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> but yeah, yeah always... more congratulations go to Shawnee. You have come away with a win. Thank well done. You. How different it might have been, Phil, if uh, you hadn't spoiled my first question. No kidding. No kidding. Yeah, Shawnee, I must say this really sours your chances of making it back onto the podcast. But that aside, thank you so much for coming on. We actually really and sincerely do appreciate you making time to do this. And uh, is there anything, obviously you have the book that you want to promote. So give us the link to that. Tell us where to find that, where everybody can find a snippet of it as well. And uh, anything else you want to promote, your socials, all that. Yeah, absolutely. So you can find the book on Amazon. You can either get it in the ebook version, which you can read on your phone, your laptop, your Kindle. It's not just limited to Kindle like a lot of people think. Or you can get a paperback version if you like to have a little copy of your own. And I'm on pretty much all the major social medias. I'm on Instagram, just Shawnee Kurth, super easy. I'm on Facebook. You can just search up Books by Shawnee. So check me out on there. Oh, and TikTok. I also just got on TikTok. I believe that's also Books by Shawnee. Check me out on there. That's where I post all of the giveaways that I do. I do a lot of giveaways, a lot of promotional things. And all of that is posted on my socials. That's really the only place to find those. So follow me on my socials and you can find the book on Amazon. Shadow of the Steeple out now. Expect volume two to be out in two weeks. <laughs> Maybe not. We'll see. Depends on how long it takes Shawnee to move. But Shawnee, once again, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, we got to have you back sometime. We'll go forward into the next segment. God, it just slaps so hard. It slaps so good, and we get to hear it live. That's probably the most exciting one. That and the intro yes, are very exciting. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, and, well, it, the only thing that could top it was when Jake actually came on and he played it for us yes, live yes. in the moment from his bass that he had also plugged in. Oh, that was that was really special. That was good. Uh, that slaps, of course. If you've been a regular listener, you know where this goes. We just pick our favorite cinema uh, selection of the week, or in my case, themed. And I will start us out here, David. I wanted to theme my selection this week as per the use. use. So I'm going to go with Best Day of My Life by, do you know who? Do you know who, David? I think I do in, in the in the dark recesses of my mind, it's there, but I can't, I can't tell you. Right I the, couldn't tell you. Sorry. Yeah. By the American authors, the ultimate dad. Joke. Okay. 
No, there we go. All right. Well, <laughs> all right. So I, I'm struggling here because I've had a song on my that slaps section of my notes here for quite a few weeks. But you know what? I'm I, I'm not feeling it that hard. I'm not feeling it that strongly. So I'm looking up my letterboxed right now, and I've seen a couple movies this week. I I I, have, I saw Tropic Thunder for the, for not for the first for the time. First time. But that was, what a no, what a not, joy. not for the first time. Oh, okay. not for the first time. But but a revisited, if you would, and it was uh, <laughs> it was special. It is a very interesting movie. Uh, I saw Rambo for the first time. Rambo First still, Blood. Yeah, I still haven't seen it, but okay. Yeah, I saw Pitch Perfect three for the first time. But you know what? I saw a very good movie with um, Kevin Costner, and it's called Let Him Go. It's a 2020 film. Or was it? Is it a 2020 film? Yes, it's a 2020 film. And it's about a, a set of grandparents who who they see their grandson who's got a stepfather now who's uh, abusive. And they've they've taken the, the, the grandson away and they go and track him down. And it's a very good movie. I enjoyed it very much. Let him go. That slaps. We, of course, have some thank yous to throw out. We'd like to thank Cass and Crossland and Jake Corlang for the intro and outro music and the bass line, respectively. Thank you guys so much. And thank you to Phil for putting together some new some new stings for us. And you're going to hear some new ones coming in the, in the few weeks uh, where we're going to introduce some new segments, hopefully. Yes, absolutely. I'm very excited about next week's. But this week specifically, uh, hopefully you enjoy it. If not, you don't have to listen to it all that often. Anyways, uh, but thank you, David. Uh, I will also thank Tara Amset for her wonderful graphical design work. We try to incorporate it everywhere we can. Looks beautiful. I'd say it tastes beautiful, but I don't lick the paint. Next, we move to Josh Hans for thank you for some of his wonderful musical interludes that have already graced the podcast. Uh, they are classics and we love them. Thank you so much, Josh. And of course, we want to thank you, the listener, for tuning in. We were very excited about this episode using our new software and our new hardware, all of that. Follow us on Instagram at powwow underscore podcast. We, we post a lot of promo videos on there. And there's all sorts of fun stuff on stories every now and then to interact with. And tune in next week. You can see white bears and you can see brown bears, but you ain't gonna see any blue bears. Blue bears.